You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Derek This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Friday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weiner, alongside Thomas Carinante. Put away your pizza. The Yanks were supposed to be back Thursday night. They were very specifically not back. Kike Hernandez got his wish. One of the weirder days in recent memory for the New York Yankees. Their second post-team-wide vaccination COVID outbreak of the year. This one affecting Aaron Judge, who traveled to the All-Star Game, opening up a whole new bunch of questions. We do not think the Yanks will be playing on Friday night either, although that has yet to be determined at the time of this recording. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. I've got a somber tone in my voice just because of how weird this is. Nobody in their right mind thought that the second half uh, would be a demarcation line of rebirth for the Yankees, considering nothing changed between the end of the Houston series and the end of the break. But this is worse than we even anticipated. The Red Sox, who have not met the 85% vaccination threshold and have flaunted in some capacity the fact that some of their players have not gotten vaccinated, are not experiencing an outbreak. The New York Mets, who have a similar situation with some players, getting very outspoken about how they have. There is no chance they will ever get the vaccine, even though it could clearly affect the team's ability to compete down the stretch. They are not dealing with an outbreak. The Yankees, who were very public about vaccine initiatives, their players reached the threshold extremely early. They are the only team to have not one, but two post-vax team-wide outbreaks that are greatly affecting the season. This is 2021. If you expected anything different, you are lying to yourself. 
Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast. Easily the bleakest hour of a terrible season. There has not been, I did the math, 48 consecutive happy hours of the Yankee season at any point. Um, the Astros series end of game Friday to meltdown on Sunday was like 43 hours. That doesn't count. Uh, it's been awful and this is the worst. I think it is the worst, but I think we had one. The sweep of the White Sox was, but that was, uh, we got, we got a lot of luck. There's an Aroldis Chapman blown save in there. Yeah, though. So were there you is. really happy yeah. for 48 straight hours? Not really. No, There's at least you, you 30 are right. minutes where you were mad. Yes, yeah. you are right. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Yankees don't coast. We've gone over that. How many times, how many times have we done podcasts where they win the first two games of the season and they punt the last one or they lose in embarrassing fashion? Uh, yeah, arbitrary outlook to think that, oh, the start of the second half of the season, things are changing, little break here. Yeah, a break is good, but a break also isn't going to alter and and do an about face on team morale um, and uh, locker room presence and all of that. So, uh, of course, this were to happen. Uh, the reason why this is happening um, is because for some reason, the Yankees organization decided to sign off on everybody getting the Johnson and Johnson COVID-19 vaccine, which is great. Getting vaccinated is probably the smarter idea at this juncture. But the Johnson and Johnson vaccine only has a 66 percent efficacy rate against defending the virus. Uh, the good news about the Johnson and Johnson vaccine is that it is more effective in the trial periods against the uh, the uh, other COVID strains or, or the variants, I should say. But why would they not be getting the Pfizer and Moderna, which is like 96 to 98 efficacy rate? Because even though both of the vaccines are preventing the hospitalizations, if people do get infected with COVID, any COVID outbreak at the professional sports level is a problem because they have to shut down operation or people have to go on the COVID IL, even if they're vaccinated, even if they're asymptomatic. So uh, another genius decision by the Yankees organization. But folks, let's focus on the summer just for a quick second. Quick we'll second. Forget about the Yanks for just a minute. And what do we have to look forward to? The Olympics, Euros, baseball, golf, major championships, concerts. They're all here this summer. You know what isn't? A wild and hairy bush. Fix yourself, guys. Tame your pubes with the help from our friends at Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist trimming. Their fourth-generation performance package include, includes the brand-new Lawnmower 4.0. Guys, I only have the Lawnmower 3.0, uh, which is tremendous, by the way. Uh, smooth shave, feels good, gets the job done. So I can't even imagine what the four, what the, the new uh, additions and uh, advancements to the 4.0 brings. Um, if an athlete treats their body like royalty, why not treat your pubes like Olympic gold? Fellas, do right by your balls and join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and using the code FANSIDED20. Before we get into that discount, the Lawnmower 4.0, by the way, has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel lock, and gives you ability to turn on the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Um, as Adam told you on Wednesday, please don't do this in the dark, and if you are, you got a nice big light to help you out there. Um, uh, did did I mention that this thing is waterproof too, so you could do it in the shower. You could sneak your pubes in the shower. Just make sure you have one of those uh, those snakes because you don't want to be clogging the drain. Uh, Michael Phelps drooling about these possibilities. It's incredible. So please head on over to fan, uh, to manscaped.com and use the code FANSIDED20. That is 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Achieve pubic glory with Manscaped, everybody. Go ahead and do it. The shaving your balls in the dark and getting some kind of testicle injury seems like the only thing the 2021 Yankees have not done yet. 
seems extremely possible that in a couple of weeks we we find out somebody did that there. I mean, I'm reading a book because um, this is how I'm coping with the Yankee season, because once again, it's it's unsalvageable. This is uh, this is has been the worst beginning to end. You throw in the Red Sox element of the whole thing. Like, I'm still not sure they're great, but they're much better than we are. You factor the Red Sox and the fact that the Mets are leading the division, even not playing well and the Mets are going to run away with the NL East. Like everything that possibly could have gone wrong for the Yankees has gone wrong outside of Nestor Cortez and Aaron Judge's first half. So I, I am reading books to cope. Um, there is, uh, I was getting hope until very recently from reading a book about the 77 Yankees um, that chronicled the season in season. So it's, it's a vintage book, uh, not to brag. I, I buy vintage books, everybody. Um, nice. it, it chronicled in season. Everything that was happening with that ridiculous, you know, imploding team from Reggie Jackson and Thurman Munson battling to Billy Martin, getting fired and unfired every day to Mickey Rivers kind of lollygagging after, you know, starring in the 76 playoff run. It's a great book. I highly recommend it. Um, For some reason, I'm too stupid to remember the name of the book right now. Um, But there is a section towards the end where Catfish Hunter, um, who's been injured all year, sort of comes down with this mysterious testicular torsion injury at the horn. Like, it's not a hernia. And they say it comes from from either too much or too little sex. And he sort of quips, like, you know, it's I can guarantee you it's not too much. Like, it's a a great segment of the book. It's a great book that sort of shows you how quickly an off-the-rail Yankee season can really turn into a dominant second half. And every time something horrible happens to the 2021 Yankees, I bury myself in... uh, Until now, I've buried myself in this book because it sort of is a a complete recounting. It's called The Best Team Money Could Buy. The Turmoil Mm. and Triumph of the 77 Yankees by Steve Jacobson, who was a beat writer at the time. Great book. Um, And so every time it sort of has reminded me that, like, this team, the 77 Yankees eventually are world champions. So up until this point, it has always reminded me that like the world champion could be a complete disaster in June. The world champion could be in complete turmoil in May. The world champion could enter July being sort of middling. Like at this point, they weren't 46 and 43, but I believe they were like 49 and 40. There was still infighting. There were still the Orioles. There were still the Red Sox. There were a lot of obstacles they had to overcome, but I tell you what, this does feel like the death blow and the divergence in paths where I, I can no longer compare the two teams other than saying that there might be a, a hilariously bizarre testicle injury to both teams at the, at the horn in September because th- this sort of is wiping out every last shred of competitiveness that the, the 2021 Yankees might have had. I, 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 cannot, I cannot for the life of me believe that this is the second, not the first, but the second team-wide outbreak post-vaccination. That is, that is cursed behavior. That, that yeah. is insane. I've seen people say it's embarrassing for the Yankees. I got in a fight with someone, uh, an adult, who used a SpongeBob meme against me uh, on Thursday night when I said it's not embarrassing for the Yankees. I, I think using a SpongeBob meme as a 37-year-old is probably the most embarrassing thing you can do. But I, I don't see how it's embarrassing for the Yankees and their organization that they took the right precautions and followed the protocols. I mean, unless you're saying that the Yankees should have continued masking in the dugout well post the time MLB told them they no longer had to, or or because they're the Yankees, they aren't allowed to experience real life post-vaccination in the same way that we are. I'd say what's happening to them is deeply disturbing. Yeah. Yes, but embarrassing. I don't think that's the word for it. I, I'm... I'm embarrassed by plenty of other things that the team has done this year and the way they prepared themselves for 2021. But I would say this goes beyond the realm of, of that. I'm not disappointed in the players. I'm, I'm a little nervous. I'm scared. I'm, I'm glad everyone's asymptomatic. Even the apparently one of the players who's tested positive is unvaccinated. We don't know who that is. 
but apparently it's none of the pitchers and it's not Gio Urshela who missed time earlier this year after the effects of his vaccine shot. So that leaves Aaron Judge and Kyle Higashioka. I will not split hairs there, but I will only say that, you know, the logic dictates one of those two players is, is not vaccinated. I, I'm nervous more than I'm embarrassed. I can't say that. But, you know, you and I talked a little bit about this. Judge's outbreak, and we're going to learn more about this as the as the day goes on. So hopefully this is still relevant uh, and, and you guys can all listen to this and, and get informed. Judge's outbreak is, is, is very nerve wracking for a lot of people because, you know, we don't know who started it. It's unfair to say Aaron Judge began an outbreak of the All-Star game. The Yankees and Red Sox returned to action first. So we know what happened to the Yankees and Red Sox before we know what happened to anyone else upon intake testing. That's just a fact. Yeah. So the fact that Aaron Judge did test positive and they're going to work to confirm that on Friday. Uh, people are nervous because he was at a, a monstrous public event, the All-Star game. He He walked... Hank Aaron's widow to home plate. He was in the dugout with a lot of all-stars. He was at numerous events, galas, red carpets, you know, the indoor cocktail parties. You can't put a cap on the number of events Aaron Judge was shuttled to during the all-star break. So yes, I, I understand being afraid there. But Alex Cora did come out and say afterwards, um, you know, I'm scared for my players. He, he admitted that somebody in the Red Sox all-star contingent was not vaccinated as well. So that's Matt Barnes, J.D. Martinez, Rafael Devers. Um, God, I can't believe there are more of them, but there are um, Nathan Avaldi. There's a fifth Bogarts. So he admitted yesterday that, you know, I'm nervous. We're doing extra intake testing because one of my guys that we sent to the All-Star game wasn't vaccinated. I hate to be this person, and I don't think Major League Baseball is, a you know, Major League Baseball shouldn't be able to restrict the election of these non-vaccinated players to the all-star game. There's no way to do that without infringing on their privacy. We saw the Astros, Jose Altuve and Michael Brantley skip the all-star game for reasons I would call not legitimate. They were both generally sore, even though Altuve uh, hit the game winning homer against the Yankees on Sunday. He was clearly healthy enough to play in the game, but decided not to go. Jacob deGrom didn't go. A lot of people did not go to the all-star game for reasons that are dubious at best. I think it is extremely out of bounds I can't imagine. I can't believe that Alex Cora, knowing he had a non-vaccinated player that he was sending to the All Star Game, didn't sit his entire contingent down in the days prior to the All Star Game and say, "The Astros have already ditched this event. Players are making up excuses across Major League Baseball. One of you is not vaccinated. You, non-vaccinated player, are going to go out tomorrow to the press and lie about why you're not going to the All Star Game. But I am not letting you go to the All Star Game unvaccinated. That is a privilege." that players who are going to jeopardize their last two and a half months of the stretch run have not earned. You have not earned the right to fly across the country and go to numerous major league baseball sanctioned events. If your manager knows you're not vaccinated, he does not have to give up the goat. He does not have to come to the media and say, one of my players isn't vaccinated. And I'm pulling him from the all-star game, but you watch what the Astros just did. They lied. They, they absolutely lied and made up an excuse for, we've all made up excuses. I'm not saying it's, you know, it's rude that the Astros made up excuses to not go to the All-Star game, but they did. Michael Brantley and Jose Altuve could have played in that game. Alex Cora should have, if he's so nervous now, it was such a clear opportunity for a non-vaccinated player to cause danger. He absolutely should have sat down his team and said, you have not earned the right to go to this game. You're going to lie to the press tomorrow about why you're not going, but you are not going. Yeah, I don't even think that's limited to Alex Cora. I think every team should have done that. I think MLB yes, should I'm have I'm only told, using Alex Cora yeah, because as, he was the first yes. one to have the intake test and say yeah. I'm nervous for my non-vaccinated player. Yeah. I, I am too. Don't yeah. send a non-vaccinated player. I agree. It's it's boiled. Right now, the spotlight is on the Yankees and the Red Sox uh, because that this is the series that's, that's being affected by it. But 
MLB should have sent something out to the teams and said something. Maybe Altuve and Brantley aren't vaxxed and we owe them an apology and they were ditching on it because they felt nervous. I don't think that's the case uh, because I hate the Astros, but maybe it is. Maybe that information comes out later and uh, and we recant all of our negativity there. But um, to send to send an unvaccinated player to an all-star game where there is a representative from every team. There's multiple representatives from every team. It's a three, it's a, it's a, it's a full two day event. Like you said, with indoor uh, gatherings um, with meetings with the press, that was the closest we've seen the press to players since when, when I I literally, I can't even tell you 2019 was probably it. Um, The list goes on and on. You're in a fully packed stadium there. You're signing autographs. You're doing whatever, like, it's it's really crazy how they didn't think they there was no forward thinking here, but maybe judges vaccinated and it was a breakthrough positive and who knows, but um, we don't know. Not, but not we know a Red Sox wasn't vaccinated. Yeah, so not not really the greatest. I, I think there should have been a little bit more damage control there uh, prior to the fact. Maybe there was, and people, I don't know. I, I we don't know any answers, but there has to something's got to give there because. Um, it feels like there may have not been enough preparation before the the largest event since the pandemic that was mixing players and and bringing fans and uh, the the most fans possible into the equation. Um, good news though, ESPN's reporting that the Red Sox and the Yankees will play tonight and the rest of their series, but that means they'll be without a lot of key players. So I wouldn't get too excited. Great. Let's let's take a quick break before we analyze all that. Um, stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Yeah, so uh, like you said, of course, Rob Manfred's victory lap, you know, without restriction was a a complete disaster and it became that way by the end of the week. But you're saying that this series will resume. It will. Let's see. ESPN says it. So I guess that's what we're going to have to deal with. I guess that would mean Domingo Herman. That's the other. Oh, God, we want to talk about shitty Yankees decisions. Here we are again. Why is Domingo Herman starting the first game of the series? Because they don't care. They they do not care. Uh, they were they were setting uh, they were setting Garrett Cole up to face the Red Sox twice instead mm-hmm. of facing the Red Sox and then Phillies. That that's that's sort fine. Of the justification there, but I mean, you're you're punting the first game of the second half in the biggest series of the year. Uh, uh, yeah, Domingo Armand's been a, le- a reliever for the last two games. His role is undefined. I think that. The I think they had the excuse to move him to the bullpen with the root canal surgery. That was that was like the on the surface excuse, but it was a kind of a lame one and b uh, not really insane to do. He's got a four point four four ERA. He's been incredibly inconsistent. Um, and now what's that? Now now he has an even worse mark on his resume for not being able to get a couple of quick outs in that ninth inning against the Astros. Not uh, saying yeah, it's before- his fault. Before the COVID outbreak, the most endemic representation of the stupid, terrible 2021 Yankee season is that Domingo Herman starts the collapse against the Astros, the worst inning of the season of a horrible first half. And the manager goes, he, we're going to run him out there to start the second half. Talk about symbolism. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It, it, I, I like we're coming out of this break and how many times, like I said, arbitrary outlook to think things are going to turn around, to think things are going to. To think, think it's a it's a renewed set of games, everybody. It's a full, it's a new season, uh, kind of. But do you rely on the Yankees to kind of make the decisions to indicate that it's really a new season? Um, do we trust that the random happenings and human error are still not going to be as prevalent as they were in the first half? We have uh, an 
a wacky, wacky occurrence with this second outbreak, which just it, it, it continues the narrative of the 2021 season. And what and that sweeps to me that swept the Domingo Herman news under the rug because he has no business starting the opening game of the series. And the, I don't understand how that sends the right message to your team and your fan base to say, we're going to go out. We're setting the tone in this first game against Boston. We're going to make sure we take three. Just another another layer of morale here. That's not that's it's not enough of a it's not a shift at all. So I, I'll say that there continually there is not a shift whatsoever in the direction that they need to be, where they're feeling good, where they're feeling confident, where they're not feeling like they're on the ropes. And I don't know if this is a managerial decision from Aaron Boone. I don't know if this is the front office telling him to do it. I really don't know. But some there is there is something lost. On, on this group of leaders to think that trotting Domingo Herman out there for the first game of this series when you have Jordan Montgomery completely rested, who's generally been pitching well. Um, and now uh, I'm not saying start Garrett Cole tonight. Uh, and I know they want to start him for two games, but you have Garrett Cole now. This will He pitched on Saturday. So if you really want to shove them and show them who's boss, Domingo Herman is, is the last of the answers. In order to win three, you can only lose one. <laughs> They're putting all Domingo Herman does is give up home runs and lose games. And you're yeah. going, all right, we got to take three out of four or the season's over. Season is on the line. We have to decide whether we are buyers or sellers. Every game is of increased magnitude. You thought the games against the Red Sox at Fenway last week, a couple weeks ago mattered. This is do or because we died so many times in those. These are now do or die. If we, it's the 29, 2019 Red Sox all over again. They had basically like one or two chances to prove to Dave Dabrowski they were anything more than a fringe wildcard contender. They weren't good. And Dave Dabrowski went, all right, I'm not buying for this stupid team. And then the team was like let down and lost a bunch of games in a row. But Dave Dabrowski made the judgment that I don't know if Brian Cashman's prepared to make and was like, this seems not good enough. I'm sorry. And the Red Sox ultimately fired him. Uh, but he, he basically, you know, did not show faith in his 2019 team and decided not to go for it. The Yankees have so few opportunities left to show for Brian Cashman to learn anything about what they're doing at the major league level. They're also in a crazy situation where the minor leagues are great. Like every minor league team wins and losses don't really matter at the minor league level at the upper minors, at least because it's like veterans and like triple a dudes. They're like, Oh, so your 31 year olds are, are good. Okay, great. But the Yankees have the highest winning percentage of any team across all four minor league levels. Every team is great. Low a Tampa is the best. Like every hitter, every hitter who could have broken out, broken out this year has broken out this year. It's kind kind of been ridiculous. So you really don't want to sell, even from a position of strength, if you're going to help out a team that isn't good. Yankees have to take three out of four this weekend, or I guess two out of three now, or three out of three. I don't know how this series is going to work. We've yet to find out. But you must win three, and you're going. They're going to put our sixth best starter in the first game. Why not? We can take it or leave it. You know, we'll, we'll have Garrett Cole and Jordan Montgomery in the next two. We can take or leave the first one. It's like it's like an extra innings allowing the the opposing team on the road to score the runner from second automatically. You're putting the pressure on yourself immediately. You're you're most likely to be down 1-0 in a four-game series where you got to win three out of four. It's It's crazy. And like I no longer care in the events of the rest of the end of the week have obscured any conversation about pitching matchups or whatever but that's objectively a crazy decision it is uh but i, I maybe we have some good news here maybe a little bit okay we Do got we? we got i mean trey ambergis here i think that's a nice shift in energy yes. 
uh, 26-year-old outfielder making his MLB debut, completely mad. I know he's a righty. We, we need the lefties, but guess what? Any injection of energy is going to be helpful, especially now that Judge is out. Not saying he's going to replace any sort of level of production that for, for Aaron Judge, but I like the move. We've been asking for this for a while. Um, uh, Hoy John Park is on the taxi squad. I think after uh, they kind of get an idea of where they're at um, after this first game, maybe he comes up and plays one of the games this weekend uh, during over the weekend on Saturday and Sunday. I view that as a positive. These are two guys that we've been wanting to see just to analyze what's going on with the roster. Is an infusion of young talent the answer? Is that what this team needs? Guys who are hungry, who want to make a name for themselves and make the most of their opportunity. I don't know. Another positive is if the Yankees are going to buy at this deadline, depending on what transpires now over the next 12, or uh, we don't know if there's going to be a doubleheader this weekend. So we could still say 13 games. Um, they have the best, their, their minor league teams have the best record in MLB. Um, and there are a lot of prospects. I don't want to say overperforming, but maybe they're performing into their projections. There, it's there's certainly a lot of promise here. From I would say Yankees prospects, almost one through twenty. You don't really miss and uh, you don't really miss that much of a beat there. And if their stats aren't good, their ceiling is still promising. So yeah. I don't think that the Yankees are going to get. If they're going to buy, we've heard the Joey Gallo rumors now from uh, Joel Sherman and Jeff Passan as recently as yesterday. Uh, is Joey Gallo our uh, uh, perfect trade target? No, but he's lefty power. Um, could we get screwed in a deal with him? Yeah, maybe his OPS has gone up from 764 on June 19th to 923 on July 11th. So uh, a little bit inflated. He's having a career year with on-base percentage. It's 400. Um, so... Uh, will there be a premium to pay there? Yeah, sure. But guess what? A lot of Yankees prospects from even what I was looking at uh, one through 30 because Glenn Otto was technically um, in the 20s. Um, hold on. I have it right here. Somebody else is in the 20s. That's performing well. Uh, Trevor, Hover, Trevor Hover's in the 20s. Uh, Beckway, Waldachuk. So a lot of guys, not saying I want to give up those guys, but if, you, if you're a paper person and you're looking at, okay, how many top 10 prospects are we going to have to give up? You don't really have to give up any if you're really still uh, high on them because so many guys are performing outside of there and you'd be a you'd be a dumb GM to be like, oh, well, he's not ranked high enough, so I'm not going to I'm, I'm not going to go for that. No, a 15 prospect who's out outshining expectations or Yankees farm system is deep. I think to say he could be a number of these guys could be top 10 prospects prospects in other organizations. That's not a reach whatsoever. The Yankees have surprisingly drafted well outside of the first round over the last few years and have built a nice farm system. They rank generally high, especially on Keith Law's um, um, rankings this year. So uh, positivity there where maybe there's no Yankee tax this year because, yes, we have guys underperforming at the major league level, Clint Frazier, Miguel Andujar, who are not going to be trade bait in any capacity uh, or being able to sell high on those guys. But guys in the minor league system, we could package some, uh, we can make some nice trade packages and potentially acquire the missing pieces that they need to get the oomph in the second half. Uh, I'm not entirely optimistic about it. Cause like I said, the narrative is continuing with bad luck with unforeseen circumstances with these regressions continuing now well into July. But if there's one silver lining, we have these young guys coming up, maybe giving us the energy we need. And we have a very deep farm system at this very moment performing well in 2021 that could enable the Yankees to not oversell or uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, spend uh, spend more that they have have been projecting or wanting to for marquee prospects over the next two weeks or marquee towns over the next two weeks. 
Yeah, it, it couldn't be a weirder season. It's the weirdest season ever for so many reasons. But chief among them is how good the farm system has been. Every day you check somebody else, like, you know, somebody who was a second rounder in recent years you forgot about or a fourth round pitcher or somebody, some breakout candidate you had high hopes for or someone who was 18 the last time we saw the minor leagues and is 20 now. Everybody has gotten the right amount of better. Oswald Peraza is so good at double A. Yep. Ken Waldachuk has been nasty. Like Hayden was Nesky, Beckway. These breakout pitcher candidates are all breaking out. Uh, there are dudes at single A Tampa too, like relief pitcher prospects who have been absolute dirt. There's a reason the Yankees are losing talent in the minor league system because these guys, like even you've the guys who maybe you expected, like Vis- Viscaino and uh, Yoendris Gomez and Trevor Sikama, like these people of TJ Sikama have barely pitched. Like these guys haven't even appeared. And these are like top 10 prospects. Davey Garcia has been awful. Clark yeah. Schmidt hasn't pitched a game and the farm system has been amazing. So the resurgence at the lower levels gives you hope. Like I don't, I've said in the past when I was at my most depressed, which is, you know, basically today, I've said the window is closed. I don't think the window is closed. The the window on this year is closed. This is one of the worst years in history. It's going in the books as one of the most insane, uh, complete and totally incorrectly predicted seasons of all time. The worst case scenario has been met in every capacity, except for at the minor league level. I have a lot of hope for this team moving forward. I think the Yankees and Red Sox are very well built, as are the Rays, as are the Blue Jays. I think the AL East is going to change hands a lot over the next decade. Uh, And the Baltimore Orioles are not far behind. I think that what is going on in this division as compared to what else is going on in the rest of baseball is outrageous. Um, All five of these teams could be legitimate, you know, 90 plus win teams by the mid 2020s. I am worried about the, you know, I think I think the Rays are on the lower end of, you know, how well set up they are for the future. Is that crazy to say? Uh, no, not crazy. I mean, if you dive deeper and look at what's going on, I don't think it's crazy to say, I think on the surface, it might be because they have Wander Franco and they have Vidal uh, Brujan. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. There's guys, they have guys who, who have star potential. So, but I mean, top to bottom, you look at the Yankees in the Sox farm system and they're both super promising. So, um, I mean, I would hope finally, I, I would like to get a, it sounds pathetic, but I would like to have a little edge over the raise at this point because it's getting fucking ridiculous. Um, yeah. Keith Law dropped his summary of the Yankees drafting this year. So we'll take a look at that later and update you guys maybe with an article to see. Uh, I read see it. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell oh, you good? now. Yeah, I read it. it. And he, he really liked it. He oh. uh, and he said what I've been saying this whole time about Marcelo Meyer. Um, I get. Yeah. Brief. Uh, it's good to have some happy talk at the end of the podcast. And yes. again, we we welcome Trey Ambergy and, and Hoy parked on the taxi squad. Yes. But that could change because, you know, Urshela is in the COVID IL. Judge is hitting the COVID IL. Uh, Jeff Passan confirmed during this podcast too that all of those positives have been confirmed. We all probably anticipated that, but those guys are all going to hit the IL for real, even if they play tonight, which we believe they will. Um, but yeah, brief positivity. I mean, Keith Law said it's basically he 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 usually hates the Yankees too. Uh, yeah, always and prospects. He he rated. Uh, he also rated Trey Sweeney 89th in the draft when they took him 20th overall, and then in this post draft wrap up is like Trey Sweeney rakes. So like, okay, thanks, Keith. Um, completely backtracking on your own ranking, but he, he likes the Yankees draft. He says, uh, you know, Richard Fitz, like we've been saying, if the foot injury is what knocked him out of Auburn's, you know, top of the rotation, which people seem to believe is the case. They took him, uh, in the sixth round and people say he's a top 50 prospect in the entire draft mm. and Brendan Beck, who the Yankees ridiculously say might be close to the majors already 
after they took him in the second round is another guy he really likes. Says he's a four starter at lowest with higher upside if his 96 mile an hour fastball keeps projecting up. So he really likes the Yankees. Red Sox, I mean, obviously everyone likes that the Red Sox got Marcelo Meyer, who yeah. was the the one one pick who was taken fourth overall. But uh, Keith Law sort of said some interesting things, which is what I've been saying that he probably has the most uh, the purest talent in the draft right now, but not the highest ceiling. Mm. Which to me, that sounds like a fourth overall pick more than it sounds like a first overall pick. And I, I, that's what I've been saying all along. He, he's sort of incredibly smooth at short, probably going to stick there long term. Um, bat tool is great, but the power, other players have more interesting and more untapped power potential. Seems like a very good baseball player who the Red Sox should be very proud that they have. But what Keith didn't say, and that I will say, is a lot of people are panicking about this. The Red Sox have had great shortstops before. The Red Sox have Xander Bogarts right now, who might be the best shortstop in the American League. It's close. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe not. Maybe Carlos Correa is better, and, and that's fine. But he, he's a top five shortstop in Major League Baseball. I know what it looks like when the Red Sox have a great shortstop. You know, I know what that looks like. I don't know what it looks like when the Red Sox have an ace like Jack Leiter atop the rotation. Chris Sale is different. He's he's built differently. He's He's been out for a year plus with injury complications. He is sort of a freak of nature. Jack Leiter is someone with a consistent delivery who could potentially do this for 15 years. Yeah. Um, well, we do I, know what they look yeah. like because Pe- Pedro, we we've experienced that. So yeah, it was I very would, scary. Yeah, I don't like it. It's it's frightening. You didn't want to face them every time he was on the mound. So I I would agree. I I I'm happy they did not get Jack Leiter because I think that would have been very bad for us over the next 10 years. I also want to root for Jack Leiter and yes. let's say the Red Sox best player in 10 years is a a 290 hitting shortstop with 15 to 20 homer power named Marcelo Meyer. I think your life will go on. Yeah, fine. It's fine for me. The yeah. Pit- so pitchers- that's what Keith, that's what Keith says, like best talent in the draft, but not the highest ceiling. And that's sort of what I agree with. And if you know, the Red Sox are blessed. They tanked in a 60 game season for some reason. Congratulations to them. They fired their manager and hired uh, a confused old man from like the Pawnee town halls from parks and rec. And, and that's great. Um, but the prize was maybe like, you know, the prize might have been a very good shortstop and they currently have a very good shortstop. I, I'm less I'm not terrified of this outcome. Yeah, I uh, take every draft grade or analysis with a grain of salt. Yeah, who we know knows? nothing. I don't think anybody knows nothing. It's the same thing with outside of like the NFL top five or ten. There's there's no home run. There's no home run picks ever. Look how many number one overall bust there's been in MLB. So many. Um, so we'll be sitting here waiting, but Hey, uh, with how discouraging, I guess the Yankees results have been from first round picks in, uh, recent years. Uh, it's nice to see at least some positive, uh, positive, uh, feedback from somebody who is a very tough grader on the Yankees and Keith law. So positivity for you on this Friday folks. Uh, and I guess we're playing three games, we're playing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Jeff Passon says on Twitter, um, but we won't have Aaron Judge. We will not have Gio Urshela. We won't have Kyle Higashioka. We will not have Jonathan Luizaga, <laughs> Nestor Cortez, or Wandy Peralta. So full pen pitching staff, a little bit decimated. Uh, top two players, I would say, uh, in the infield and the outfield, because I think Gio Urshela is probably our best infielder, uh, are gone for the weekend. So uh, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Oh, it's going to be absolutely awful. Root for Trey Ambergie. Maybe play Giancarlo and right. Maybe make a trade quickly because right now the team, you know, say what you will about making changes and switching things up. It, benching Aaron Judge is not it. Lo- it is losing Giorgella <laughs> is not it. Those are not the alterations you make if you're interested in shaking up the Yankees a little bit. 
Um, it, it's safe to say the season was probably borderline already over. Now let's try to annoy some people. Let's see what we got. But yeah, this is this is a pretty close to a worst case scenario that you can't account for. And again, uh, you know, a year and a half ago, a disease no one had ever heard of is now waylaid an entire Yankee season. It's insane. Uh, it's, it's a completely crazy thing that like is the kind of thing you mentally come up with when they sign Garrett Cole. You're like, how can this possibly go wrong? Normal things like he gets hurt. Uh, it's unlikely he's bad. But then you're like, I guess something like an alien invasion could happen. And then, of course, there is a <laughs> pandemic, a disease that none of us have ever heard of. Uh, and then the Yankees lose basically a full season to it. Then they all get vaccinated to prevent against it. And then they get it again two separate times. So, again, that's alien invasion curse level. Um, best of luck to the New York Yankees this weekend. The pressure is somewhat off, but they still have to win games. That is it for this edition of the Yankees Go Yard podcast, an edition we never want to do ever again, but certainly will have to do something similar in the time that I hate this. Make sure to follow us on Apple. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. Unless the question is about why any of this is happening, we cannot answer that. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. You can also find us and all the content that we're writing on yanksyoyard.com. Keep coming, Astros fans. I know you're hating it, but it's all fun for us. You can also talk to us on the official Yanksyoyard Twitter account at FS. We will reluctantly be there for this weekend series, talking about the Red Sox. Uh, very, very big season-defining series. We don't really know what's going to happen now that the Yankee season is turned upside down. But guess what? Hey, maybe it's a little motivation for the folks who are actually going to be able to play tonight. Light a fire under their ass knowing that they're missing two of their best players and, and or team leaders. Um, and all we can do at this point, monitor until the trade deadline. We're going to have plenty of trade rumors out there for you. It's going to be expansive beyond Gallo. So keep your eyes peeled, folks, and please have a good weekend. Enjoy the most of it as you possibly can. Please, this is the stupidest thing that's ever happened. We'll see you on Monday. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.